What's up guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, we're on episode 98. 98! Two away from the big 100th episode. I, I mean, seriously. Okay. And they're just getting bigger and bigger. We got a big one today. Yeah, seriously. And then the 100th. Exactly. Oh, man, mm -hmm, surprise mm -hmm. is coming on that 100th. Yeah, exactly. You know? Oh exactly. my goodness. More than one person. That's... That, <laughs> like, seriously, That's... we're going to have a special guest host for the whole entire show, guys. Yeah, yeah. And special wraps for guests now, for our top five. Yeah, like so many. And the one and only Jason Ritter. Yeah. I mean, and who knows? Maybe some more crazy stuff. You don't know. Exactly. Just a big 100th episode. Exactly. Exactly, man. We got so much going on. And everybody knows about this show that's out right now. The Mandalorian yes. on Disney+. Plus. Guys, you saw it. Uh, armor. Well, you know, Mama Mando. <laughs> she is on there. She is kicking ass, and that's who we are interviewing today. The one and only Emily Swallow is yes. coming on the show to talk about her time on The Mandalorian. Maybe she'll like, tell us about Baby Yoda. Hey, Baby uh, Yoda. You, you know, like, like is he Favreau, a problem like, on set? Like, I mean, I want to know. Does he cause problems? We don't know. know exactly, we don't know. <laughs> exactly. He looks like a little hellion. I'm he does. He does. Oh, my gosh. But so much to talk to her about. She was on The Mentalist. She was on Supernatural. Of course, The uh, Darkness. The <laughs> all the good shit man all the cult following stuff oh, she man. was on there so i cannot wait for the fans to hear that one and before we get anything started we got to introduce ourselves my name is jlo fantastic and i'm here with the one and only mouth what's up oh man guys we have a great show for you guys today i mean of course we're talking disney netflix Hulu, all the regular shit. I, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, what? Five now, right? So, like, basically consolidated down to about five biggies. Yeah. So, you can guarantee every week we're talking about them. Exactly. exactly. They're making all the moves. I, I yeah, mean, you know. Seriously. I mean, so much so to where Disney dropped Fox's name now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 21st century uh, searchlight, right? Yeah, That's yeah, it? yeah. 20, yeah, 21st century film or productions and 21st century searchlight like yeah if it had fox <laughs> in it they dropped it like, yeah, like, exactly. like and some other name changes too that we're going to talk about too that they, yeah, they were dropping a lot of stuff so oh my goodness so much happening on going on in the entertainment industry but you know before we get this thing started be sure to head over to our website crazyantmedia.com click on our merchandise tab and start rocking the latest and greatest crazy ant media gear and just now, guys, new and improved Bonk is yes. on the website, so you can get the vintage classic Bonk, or you can get the new and improved, <laughs> fresh, sharp-looking Bonk. That's I mean, right. guys, so many designs are coming your way that you are going to be available to purchase on a shirt, sweatshirt, tank top, hat, or a beach bag. I mean, everybody knows out in California, Walmart, you have to charge 10 cents to get a freaking bag. Exactly. Now they, you can get a bunk bag. A bunk shopping bag. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. No, it doesn't. It does People will not. definitely ask you where you got your bag. Hell yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> of course. Tell them crazyantmedia.com. That's right. Send the them. Place. <laughs> oh my goodness. So great. So great. But I mean, let's start this thing off with the juggernaut itself, Disney. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the fearless leader. Yeah. Bob Iger. Seriously. Apparently, he only collected forty-seven and a half million dollars this year oh, for his salary. Only, only. <laughs> it's tw down twenty-eight percent from the sixty-five point six million he made in twenty-eighteen. Um, but okay, we should say because he takes a lot of heat, including from 
a member of the Disney family, remember, that was talking about his salary and, and, and the different things. But we should really kind of break this down because, in my opinion, deservedly so, he's earned it. Yeah. He only gets a $3 million salary, yeah. okay? $30 million of it was in stock option awards and another $21.8 million in incentive plan compensation. Mm-hmm. He made that much money because the company hit incentives and did things that they that he projected them to do, and they rewarded him for getting the company to that point. Exactly. Basically, he hit projections, if not going past projections. Exactly. I mean, everybody thought Disney Plus was only going to hit a certain mark, and they blew past that mark. Exactly. So it's it, crazy with subscribers. I man. mean, I don't understand how, you, how you're going to be like, you know— Oh, he makes this much money or this much. Guys, they had seven movies cross a billion dollars at the box office exactly. in one year. Mm-hmm. In one year. I think the man earned his $45.5 million. Exactly, man. That's what I think, too. I mean, like we keep talking about each and every week. Like, who is going to fill those ginormous <sighs> shoes? I mean, it's going to be hard, man. It's going to be gonna hard. Be... You got your predictions. I got mine. That's but right. It's, it's so crazy. I don't... I don't know if they'll do as good of a job as the one and only Bob Iger. I don't think so. I don't think so. It's going to be hard. And it's funny. That's actually part of this compensation. Yeah. Some of these incentives were because he agreed to extend his contract. Yeah. For anybody who doesn't know, he was supposed to already be out of there. Yeah, exactly. But he extended his contract to see through the Fox merger and everything. And so part of those are in- incentives are because of that. Yeah. So there you go. He shouldn't even be there, but he is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, you and know. then he said he was just going to stay until the launch of Disney+. Plus. Well, it's here. It's still doing <laughs> successful. And he's still there. There. Yeah, you saw that interview with Oprah. He said, no, trust me, this is the deadline when at this time I am leaving. Right. So. He had multiple interviews with Oprah. It was uh, great. Oh, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I love the one they did in like the backyard. I love the one they did in front of everybody. Yeah. Like, I mean, no one is a better interviewer than Oprah. No, I'm I mean, just come gonna on. say it. Oprah I mean, is the best. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Oprah, come on the show. Come on the show. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And his book. I mean, it's easy to interview him with this book because yeah. I mean, the book is absolutely phenomenal. Be definitely check out his book. Um, okay, so we were talking about Fox, mm-hmm. uh, the merger of. Well, the Walt Disney Company dropped Fox yeah. from 21st Century Fox assets. Yeah, that that it brand acquired. name is gone, guys. That's right. The one you've known for like I don't know years and years and years yeah (laughs) yeah 20th century fox film studios is now simply 20th century studios makes sense fox searchlight pictures simply searchlight pictures basically it's pretty simple to follow along guys if it had fox in it it doesn't yeah just put the title without fox and there you go exactly um now this was interesting though on the tv side they haven't made any final decisions because there's remember there's a 20th century fox television and a fox 21 tv studios yeah no decisions have been made about that but discussions are underway and i mean come on they're gonna drop it yeah (laughs) and i mean the only thing that the Murdoch still control is Fox News, right? Is there anything else? Like, uh that that's correct. That's yeah. correct. And oh, the Fox Broadcast Network. Okay. Yeah, the so Fox does that Broadcast Television as well, or well, what's the difference? No, the, the difference? like the the Fox Broadcast Network is the actual TV network that shows are shown on. Okay. But. The TV studios, like that, like Fox TV studios, it's where not Disney, right? It, no, it is Disney. That's like where they make shows that air on That's different what I'm channels. Is now Disney. Is yeah. now Disney. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, 
So the actual channel is still Fox, but that's the right. Studio is Disney. Yeah, that's because it. I guess under the the deal, Fox got to maintain its its broadcast channels, which yeah. was Fox News yeah. and uh, the the channel. Itself. Basically, we still have some sort of independence. Yeah, like. exactly, exactly, exactly. And here's why I'm saying I think the name change is coming for the TV side too, because they've already made a name change on the TV side in one part of it. You guys remember Kevin Feige is now like second in command, basically. I think at Disney. Uh, (laughs) I'm just going to say it. He's completely in control now of all things Marvel, uh, including the former Marvel television. Um, It has been rebranded Marvel TV Studios. Mm. So now there's Marvel Studios and Marvel TV Studios. Now, this is interesting because... Remember, they're doing TV shows for Disney Plus, right? But those were announced that those were going to be projects under Marvel Studios, right? So the reason for this rebranding is now Marvel TV Studios, formerly Marvel T- Television, is going to be doing Marvel projects for non-Disney Plus outlets. So, so ABC, oh, like Hulu, Fox, yeah. Hulu, yeah. right? So like that, I've pretty that Modoc series, right? Exactly, and, Hulu and yep, Howard and that's, the Duck, and like. That's, that's exactly right. Yeah. That's where the actual press release came from. Here's our name change. Yeah. Here's our first project. Yeah. So, um, and uh, Pat Oswalt for uh, uh, Modoc. Yeah, that's brilliant pretty, casting. Pretty awesome. I'm just yeah. since you brought it up, just br- and Kevin Smith is doing Howard the Duck. I mean, come on, the Feige's already off to a good start. Yeah, um, seriously. <laughs> so anyway, that rebranding happened. Yeah. So now, just to differentiate, you got Marvel Studios, Marvel TV Studios. Mm-hmm. If it's on the cinema, if it's on the big screen or if it's on Disney Plus, that's Marvel Studios. Yeah. If it's on the small screen anywhere other than Disney Plus, Marvel TV Studios. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Makes sense. All Makes right. Sense. There's a quiz in this at the end of the right, show. Exactly. <laughs> and if you win the quiz, you get something free. Like oh, <laughs> I mean, man. free incentives, man. Free incentives. Now this next one is by no surprise because she is in the next phase and carrying on yes. the Avengers and all the Marvel Cinematic Universe greatness. Yes. Uh, Captain Marvel Two is now officially in the works, guys. Marvel has tapped rising scribe Megan Mc. McDonnell as a staff writer on the Marvel-based series WandaVision. Oh, man. So she's all sorts of intertwined. Yeah, yeah. So she's going to be writing the new script for Captain Marvel, and mm-hmm. she's already, like you said, she's, she's been a writer on WandaVision, so, which is awesome. Um, also, the original directors on the first Captain Marvel, and this this is it's kind of funny because the writer on WandaVision is now writing the movie. Yeah, exactly. And then the original directors on the first Captain Marvel are not coming back to direct the second one i thought that but, was interesting but they are apparently in talks to direct a series yeah, on, on, on disney, disney plus, plus. a so, marvel series on disney plus so yeah. they're kind of flip-flopping it, that's really interesting to me like i mean are you not the russo brothers you can't do both <laughs> like, uh, right know? right like, uh, i it mean feels like everybody a part of either disney and or marvel is double dipping it, in seriously. so many different series so i mean but if you want to focus all of your time and efforts on one project to perfect it, it makes sense. Well, I did see a, a story that Marvel is apparently looking for a female Helmer. Nah. So, and since this was a male female duo, yeah, uh, they're they're specifically looking for a female Helmer, mm-hmm. I, I guess. Uh, also, another bit of tidbit that has been confirmed: it is modern day, and it does take place after Endgame. Gotcha. So, even though the first one was set, you know, back in time, this one is modern day and takes place after. I should say modern day. But we all know modern day isn't because after Endgame is five years in the future. Exactly. So, 
<laughs> it takes place after Endgame. We'll just leave it at that. So Hell yeah. the big Hell question yeah. is, is will we see Rambo? Will we see another Captain Marvel? Right, exactly. we, we know she's coming in WandaVision. Exactly. Which could be why the WandaVision writer yeah. is... Jump ship. Because, so, I, I, mean, I mean, she was already over here, so she already has like the knowledge of the characters. Exactly. Go over there. But, I mean, they're still looking for a female filmmaker to direct Captain Marvel to, and they're also eyeing like a... Uh, 2022 release date. Yeah. So that that makes sense. I mean, yeah. give you enough time. Uh, Patty Jenkins, you want to jump ship? I'm just saying. No, man. Don't take her away from Wonder Woman, okay? <laughs> no, Although like she, she said she said there's not another plan for another one after this. Oh, it, really? She said she would do another one, but it would be a long while. Yeah. That it's not so... I don't, I don't jump know. Ship. Jump ship. I really do like Patty Jenkins, so I think she's just got it grounded. I think yes. she'd fit right into the Marvel Universe, honestly. Yeah, seriously. But, and I mean, this next one, you were bringing up uh, how many films at Disney have crossed the $1 billion mark. And I mean, Star Wars... Rise of Skywalker is the official next one. All right, yep. it already did. Like it yep. officially crossed the one billion dollar mark, which is insane. It's the seventh film in 2019 to cross this mark. Yeah, which is insane. Yeah. So you got Avengers Endgame, yeah. Lion King, Frozen Two, Captain Marvel, Aladdin, Toy Story Four, and now Star Wars. Like. <laughs> It's insane. It's basically, I, th- I think I saw somewhere, 60-something percent of the entire 29, uh, 2019 box office was Disney. Yeah. 60-something percent. Yeah. That means all of the other studios combined couldn't muster half. Yeah. Like, that total domination. Now, we should say, this coming year, they don't have nearly... Yeah. The plethora of giant tentpole films. Yeah. So they're not likely to match that yeah. record, but it makes sense. I mean, I feel like they're focusing all their efforts on their streaming service right now. So sure. I mean, you know, it is what it is. And plus I just saw that new Aladdin and it's on Disney Plus now. It's pretty good. It's yeah. pretty decent. It's nothing like the first one. I mean, Will Smith isn't what Robin Williams, but his interpretation wasn't bad, I must say. No, and I mean, who is Robin Williams? Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> Come on, like, man. Creative genius. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, talk about creative genius. We all saw what Taika Waititi yeah. uh, did with Thor, right? Yeah. And, and Star Wars. Yeah. You know, he directed the final episode of the first season, and, and of course, he was IG-11, the yeah. bounty hunter uh, droid. Exactly. Well, Disney knows what they've got in him. Apparently, they have approached him to direct not only the next Thor movie, but apparently now a Star Wars movie. Yeah, seriously. I mean, he's already dabbled in that universe with The Mandalorian, and his last few episodes of that were just freaking phenomenal, honestly. And like... uh, our guest today, Emily Swallow, she actually worked with him on those episodes. So, I mean, it just makes sense. It honestly. does. It does. And I'm excited. Now, they don't. They haven't said, will this be a big screen mm-hmm. or will he be doing a film for Disney Plus? Yeah. We don't know. Either way, it's going to be epic. Exactly. The guy, this guy, you saw what he did with Thor. And like like we said, he directed the last episode of The Mandalorian and, yep. and starred in The Mandalorian. So we know he's got a strong grip. But now, are we just cherry-picking Marvel people to go to – because Feige's been announced yeah. that he's going to produce. Will Feige produce a Takiti-directed Star Wars film? I could see it. That would be epic. I mean – why not? Because, I mean, don't fix what isn't broken. So, right? I mean, exactly. look what they did with Thor. Exactly. Put the two of them together on a Star Wars film. Exactly. Boom. Exactly. Just saying. And I mean, I'm just saying, I we have, everybody that listens to the show, everybody knows that I butcher names, but I was listening to this other podcast, and they, Watiti. 
Watiti. Watiti. Oh, yeah. I oh. was like, that's not correct, sir. No, I, 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 I never even said that. No, no. Whatever, whatever. It's funny. It's funny. I mean, names are hard. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying they they are hard. They and I mean, be. of course, he had JoJo. Like, like he's had so many oh, yeah. successes. Yeah. So. You need to see, still see that one too. I haven't seen that one yet. No, me either. And I definitely got to check it out. Uh, Disney Plus isn't done though. No. They're not done. They have given an early second season pickup to The World According to Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the first original series from Nat Geo. Yeah. Um, it's wrapping up its season one run and they have picked it up for a 10 episode season two. It makes sense. I feel like people just love his just free personality he's so just so damn like quirky exactly <laughs> like whatever he is talking about because we watched the first episode and it was about shoes shoes yeah freaking it was hilarious just the way he was just saying and the way he approaches life is just so great so it completely makes sense everybody needs more positivity like jeff goldblum in their life absolutely because <laughs> like, when i think positivity i think jeff goldblum definitely because you got to walk through life quirky and you'll get a great apartment hell yeah <laughs> He's still doing those too, right? The apartment.com commercials. He's fantastic. Oh my goodness. Well, I mean, speaking of uh, someone who's kind of partnered with Disney, but also Hulu at the same time, uh, Freeform has renewed its hit spinoff series uh Gronish for season four and good trouble for season three yep and they've also picked up jessica beale's produced thriller last summer to yeah. series so um that that's all interesting yeah um and they have to because i mean they got rid of all the marvel shows exactly, <laughs> so freeform has to pick some stuff up exactly. um and you might as well just keep it all in house with disney yeah. you know because they own freeform and everything yeah um so you know yeah uh, uh, yeah <laughs> uh, boy we just can't get enough can we disney 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 exactly. hulu who's also given a straight to series order to a serialized comedy starring steve martin and martin short man i haven't seen steve martin in anything in a, in a hot minute no Not i mean like... the two of them did that that comedy special for netflix yeah. uh, what was that like last year but that was I the first that time was like three years ago. yeah yeah i mean that was the first time in forever yeah. i had seen either one so that you know and this is interesting you okay comedy right steve martin martin short okay the half hour project involving true crime and mystery oh okay (laughs) but it's a comedy involving true crime and mystery now here's where you know it's going to be genius it's coming from the mind of this is us creator dan fogelman oh shit so dan fogelman Steve Martin, mm. Martin Short. Yeah. How can that not be good? Yeah, exactly. How can that not be successful? I mean, people love these guys. Yeah, and I, I, I thought this one was – this is actually Dan Fogelman's first sale uh, under his new deal with 20th Century Fox for a non-broadcast channel. 20th century 20th century that's right oh, yeah. there's no more fox let's go through a fox gone um 20th century uh <laughs> it's gonna take so much I getting know. used to right exactly but yeah so this is first for you know like nbc non-network you know thing hulu so this is first time that'll be it he's branching out yeah man. he's got to catch up with berlanti who's got a show on everything on everything every network every streaming service I he's mean, got the, berlanti's just crazy yeah but, he's goals honestly I mean, I mean he's such a creative genius so yeah, it only makes yeah. sense I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the announcement for Quibi. Yeah, I mean he doesn't have one on Quibi yet. He's got to get one on Quibi. Give him time, man. He's working it out. He's going through the deals. Oh my gosh, what else is Hulu doing? I mean, they're going and finding their kids' niche as well. They are blowing 
bolstering or whatever that word is. Bolstering? Uh, bolstering. <laughs> just, and blistering. It's blistering. fine. It's, they're I so mean, damn hot. I mean, you know. sounds painful. Um, <laughs> it's Kids Program Slate with three new original series set to premiere in 2020, guys, which is crazy. Um, Madagascar, A Little Wild. Uh, we got Trolls Topia, yep. and then we got The Mighty Ones. All has a multi-year deal with DreamWorks Animation, which is great because they got so much great things coming out of their studio as well. Exactly, and they're the Hulu. I guess now is through this deal the exclusive home for DreamWorks Animation. That's so awesome. they're gonna get the you know films at like Madagascar and Troll and and like which makes sense because two of these animated series are based on Madagascar exactly. and Trolls. So um, and I mean that the there was that penguin one that was on um i think nick there for a while the madagascar penguins yes, that was really yes. successful as well so, so that i'm wondering if that's going to show up on hulu now because yeah, it's I mean, exclusive just, home for you exactly, know exactly dreamworks i mean trying to capitalize on it i understand completely because absolutely i'm not gonna lie i went on the disney plus and was hoping to see some dreamworks stuff but it's not the same guys it's not the same you want it to be the same but it's not exactly <laughs> exactly so there you go oh okay switching warner media yeah. we're jumping we're jumping to warner brothers now warner media and oh my gosh are we excited about this one tnt has put into development liars club a one-hour dramedy thriller oh. from one of our favorite guests ever one of our favorite people That's ever right. writer amy rutberg yeah. yes we said writer Amy Rutberg is the creator of this show. Going to be fantastic. She's partnered up with Paul Giamatti Ooh. and Dan Carey's Touchy Feely Films. Nice. NCIS New Orleans showrunner Christopher Silber and CBS TV Studios, where uh, Feely Films has a deal. Now, Paul Giamatti, Sibler, and Amy Rutberg. Yeah. I mean, come on. That's epic. It's epic. And okay, here's the killer, though. If you go back and you listen to our interview with her, she talks about her. Um, underground poker dealings yeah. when she was a youngin yeah. right this is what the show's about yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, it, it, yeah uh liars club's a show about a woman with a unique skill set and a dark history leading to two very different lives mm. one adorned in the trappings of connecticut country clubs and house parties the other drenched in the murky world of the underground new york gambling circuit damn yeah it, um She's a card hustler in the yeah. underground, but she's also a socialite. That's awesome. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. It's going to be really excited. Um, and huge congratulations. You know, we couldn't be more happy for Amy. She's just a gem, and we, and we love her to death. Yeah, and seriously. congratulations. We hope this is going to be a huge hit on TNT for yeah. many years to come. And will she star? Yeah, exactly. Because who better it's, to play that character, exactly. right? It's I'm kind just of saying. based on her own experiences. She, let's so, see. I mean, she lives in New York. She's done underground poker and, and, and some stuff, right? And she's clearly a socialite. Exactly. I mean, come on. She fits right in. Exactly. So, I, I mean, I think it's perfect. Exactly. Even more reason to have her back on the show. Amy Rutberg. That's, right. <laughs> That's right. Come back on the show and talk all about it. And we should say a huge congratulations to the new baby. She just had a new yeah. baby. Too. This woman is literally seven months pregnant out about town L.A. Yeah. pitching this project. It's crazy. Talk about dedication, right? Yeah, man. I'm seven months pregnant. I ain't leaving yeah, the couch. No. <laughs> She's out there going from place to place with Giamatti pitching this show. Exactly. Like, what? She's Can... got some drive, man. <laughs> she does. And well-deserved. This next one Ooh. this next one jlo is not happy about no it's not exciting it's not exciting conversations for a full-blown unscripted friends reunion special for the upcoming streaming service hbo max have recently come to a standstill guys which is super super sad i was hoping that they would 
pull something together and like tell the why. last. Tell them why, though. Uh, I don't want to. Yeah, uh, with the cast <laughs> producing uh, studio Warner Brothers TV, Fall Apart on Money. Yeah, the oh. cast wants big bucks. I mean, it makes sense, but come on now. What other things other than... I mean, Lisa Kudrow and Jennifer Aniston. I mean, the rest of them have been kind of quiet. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like y'all should just do it because do it for the fans I, and do it for just like me. Do yeah. it for me. Okay. <laughs> I, I, okay. I'm going to play both sides here. I, I feel like you're right. They should just, first of all, they bank millions of dollars a year just on royalties from the reruns. Okay. Exactly. So, so they're getting paid no matter what. Yeah. You're right. They should do it for the fans. They, I mean, they, they have, like, seriously, Friends has the most loyal, sincere, hardcore fan group ever, probably. Yeah. Um, not to take away from any other fan group out there, but yeah. they're, they're hardcore, right? So do it for the, the fans who want to see it so bad. On the flip side of that, they're probably asking for a shit ton of money because they heard how much fucking HBO Max paid out to get Friends yeah. to air on it. And they're like, if Good you can pay point. out that much money to get the show, yeah. we should get a piece of I that. Mean, like, devil's advocate type shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I mean, mean, look, if you're willing to pay... 50 plus million dollars to get the rights to the yeah. show you're saying how valuable that show is that show is not that valuable without these six people yeah they should get a cut of it yeah. that's a, that so there you go i'm playing both sides you should do it for free for the fans but you should ask for a cut of that huge amount of money exactly so how's that i should run for politics uh, yeah, i'm right. just like <laughs> Do it for me. That's right. Do, do it, it for, for J-Lo. Me. For God's sake, do it for J-Lo. I would appreciate it. And come on the show. Exactly. Just any one, one of, of the you. six. One Just come on the show. I mean, David Schwimmer, Lisa Kudrow, That's right. freaking Matthew Perry. If you're Cox, not going to do Jennifer the reunion Anderson. show, do our show. Exactly. J-Lo needs something. Need he needs it. something I from need you. It. I need it. All six of them on the show. Shit. Like, oh, my gosh, it. dude. We'd have to re- I would redesign the entire studio we record into Central Perth. Right. Like I would. I mean, epic. it would happen. I would. I would spend day and night redoing it. Or if we could talk to our Warner Brothers connections and get on the actual set and do it with them, that would be fucking amazing. That would be epic. Hell oh yeah. my god! And you know who would be the best moderator for a for a whole discussion like that? Oprah. Oprah. If we could get Oprah and the six friends. Oh my gosh! All right, dreams, <laughs> dreams. What Disney said? Shoot, right? Exactly. Just go for it. If you can dream it, it can happen. Yeah, exactly. Come on. <laughs> This next one I'm really excited about because y'all heard me talk about how I think he just stole every scene he was in in Ford vs. Ferrari. I think a lot of people thought that, which is why we're getting this. The man, John Bernthal, is in negotiations to star as Coach Rick Machi in King Richard. Yes, mm -hmm. that King Richard. This is the movie where Will Smith is playing Venus and Serena's dad. Yeah. And uh, the, he, so apparently John Bernthal is in negotiations to sign on as the coach nice. that the dad approaches to get them all going. And we all know what happens. Yeah. You know, they, they had an okay career. I mean, that'd be uh, an epic cast. Seriously. Yeah. Like, I just want to see Bernthal and Will Smith going at yeah, it. Yeah, Like, exactly. you know, because from what do we understand, King Richard, there's a reason he's called King Richard little controlling yeah, you know exactly. so i would imagine there were a few headbutts with the coach and king richard yeah so burnt on will smith uh, be interesting 
I so, love I love for the roles he's going right now. I, I mean, honestly, I mean, Ford versus Ferrari in this one as well. I yeah. mean, they're so different from like the Punisher and the Walking Dead yes. and shit like that. Like, like seriously, first we see him in a suit and tie. Now we're gonna see him in some tennis shorts, some Wimbledon whites, yeah. you know, like a sweater and tennis shorts, maybe, or like an Adidas hat, or I, I mean, just what will Bernthal look like as a tennis coach? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just love this guy's range, I man. Can't wait. Oh god, it's gonna be great. Burnthal, he'd be another epic one. Oh yeah. Uh, for oh my sure. gosh. Burnthal, come on the show. It just uh-huh. remember Ashley August, get in the van. Get in the van. <laughs> <laughs> I will never. This is my dog. That's get in the van. I will never forget that story. <laughs> it's so good. Go back and listen to that one, guys. So good. Hell yeah, hell yeah. But I mean, HBO Max has also been dabbling in the animated game. I mean, they just ordered an animated comedy series centered around. The British royal family, guys. The prince hails from writer and executive producer Gary Janetti. Yeah. Yeah, based on Janetti's Instagram account. Um, the series takes a look at the royals through the eyes of Prince George, the eldest child of Prince William and Princess Kate. This yeah. is going to be interesting. Yeah, now now the little you know press release that they put out and everything, and if you go back and you look at his Instagram, of course it includes the entire royal family. Yeah. Harry and Meghan as well. Yeah. And, you know, and Archie, but they're not going to be there. Yeah, like, exactly. so, so will that, will, will the Megxit, as they're calling it, like Brexit, but it's Megxit, will, will that come into the show? Yeah. Will they talk about that? What does George have to say about Megan right. and Harry leaving? Exactly. <laughs> I'm really interested in this show. And it makes you even more so wonder, will Megan voice herself? Right. She she's got a voiceover deal with Disney. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, this is a this is an HBO project, but it and so now you're saying is the mouth crazy? This is an HBO Max series. That's Warner Media. Ah, but here it goes. It's 20th century television not fox 20th century television (laughs) forget the fox but that's disney owned so it'll actually be a disney produced project under 20th century television to air on um hbo max that's going to be so interesting because you get the interpretation of what it's like growing up as a royal right because i can imagine that it's probably very overwhelming when you hit the teenage years. Probably when you're young, you're just like, oh, this shit's all fine and dandy. I get everything right. I want. I got a right. maid. I got a butler or whatever. Right. But when you hit like the teenage years and you got press following you everywhere you go, oh, Prince William just did a course of um, student driving or right. whatever. Right. Like It's just going to be crazy. I'm so intrigued to well, see what this is going to be like. Probably played heavily into the decision for Harry to walk away. Yeah. I mean, he's been under that gun for a long yeah, time, and, exactly. and it's not easy. I mean, I don't blame him and the least to be honest i mean i would never want to be the spare quote unquote yeah so, no I mean, and, and now he's not even that because like all the all of william's kids are in front of him exactly so and, and just but i think you know what he had to go through what him and william both had to go through with what happened with their mother mm-hmm. you know he's terrified for megan and archie Agreed. and i think it's the right move i do think though back to back to wow we got serious for me yeah, but this th- i think this this series is going to be hilarious yeah it's going to be a very comedic i mean the guy's instagram account is is fantastic yeah. um go look at it if you haven't looked at it but um yeah i think it's going to be great yeah. people for whatever reason are fascinated with the royals they are so i think it's going to be huge Hell and yeah. is it it's i guess it's their answer to the crown yeah exactly. i mean you know you gotta do something right hell yeah hell yeah and i mean hbo max man has been doing a lot of things 
breaking a lot of boundaries. Uh, this next one, Steven Soderbergh is expanding his relationships with Warner Media with a three-year overall deal for HBO Max and HBO. Under the pack, which builds uh, on Soderbergh's previously announced film with HBO Max, uh, let them all talk. The Oscar and Emmy-winning filmmaker will develop content for HBO Max and HBO, which will be exclusive in all forms of television and first look pictures which i'm super excited about because this certain filmmaker is just using all of this new technology and bringing it to light in the filmmaking world yeah remember so, he, he he shot his last film with claire foy completely on iphones exactly and it was badass yeah. i mean of course it had claire foy yeah so of course it would be badass but i mean honestly for, it was completely shot on iphones and it was epic yeah. i mean so Agreed. this guy's a groundbreaker for sure yeah and I mean, um, sex lies and videotapes all yeah good just shit. he's like, always been doing it always kind of like you know out there mm -hmm. so good for him I, i'm excited hbo's got to keep up with disney yeah i'm telling you i've always long thought warner brothers and disney are the two that are going to be like the juggernauts yeah, and everybody exactly. else is going to be kind of liken him to kevin smith a little bit just because they are indie filmmakers with indie filmmaker stories but have some sort of mainstream success yeah so yeah. i really like what he does this next one i'm just i'm confused but okay HBO Max is also getting into the reality realm. Oh. Um, they have a cooking competition show coming out. All right, all right. Um, fantasy Food Fight. Oh. Now, talk about cross-branding and marketing your own shit. Yeah. This is the brilliant part about it, although weird. Three highly skilled and imaginative chefs, as they say, will compete on this show to bring life fictions most famous foods to life right. meaning they give examples of in their press release like they're going to actually make scooby snacks oh. or willy wonka's everlasting gobstockers or rick and morty's eye holes or the baby back dinosaur ribs from the flintstones so they're going to be tasked with bringing these film and television fiction foods That's great. to real life yeah. <laughs> like, wow what i feel like they'll run out of stuff every once in a while like I, shit yeah i mean i i just i I'm all down for going in some baby back dinosaur ribs, though. Oh, like, yeah. oh my gosh, that'd be delicious. I don't Hell even yeah. know. Oh my goodness. <sighs> well, this next one, man, everybody knows I love Seth MacFarlane. And he's another yes. one. Come on the freaking show, man. Yes. You, Alex Borstein, all those good people. Come on the show. Uh, TBS has ordered two more seasons of Seth MacFarlane's top rated adult animated comedy. American Dad, which will mark a milestone for its 300th episode this year. Right. And you, we were talking about this on last week's show when he had jumped ship, signed the new deal, and mm -hmm. everything was like, what's going to happen to his shows on Hulu yeah. and all these other shows that he's in? Clearly nothing. Yeah. <laughs> TBS has ordered more. Exactly. So um, yeah, that's good. That's good. And, and rightfully so because we're looking at it, and it's like um, – 18 million viewers, yeah. you know, with a current re a season reaching an audience of nearly 18 million viewers. That's huge. Yeah, man. Seriously. So um, he's really popular, especially in the adult animated game. Like, yeah. Yeah. So kudos to him. Yeah. I think this guy's going to be around for a really long time. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, honestly, he's like groundbreaking in animation right now. Yeah. yeah I mean, 
practically and the Orville and just like he just another one of those creative geniuses that just mm -hmm. put stuff out there and I mean it's crazy yeah. it's crazy seriously oh we finally got an announcement date huh for yeah the peacock. yeah the peacock. worst named new streaming service yes. I mean but <laughs> yes uh, saw some commercials for it over the past week and man oof it, it's interesting it's definitely interesting I, I mean just I get it. The Peacock's been around forever. It's just a bad name. It is. You're right, though. They finally did it. It's going to come out on... It. <laughs> is this a bad omen? It's coming out on tax day. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you want to release your big gun on tax day? That doesn't sound good. No, that's but so yes, NBC Universal and Comcast's new streaming service, Peacock, will debut April 15th. Oh, man. That's on Xfinity X1 and Flex video platforms. And then the nationwide launch will be on July 15th. Mm. Um, and we had talked about this on previous shows. Um, this is no surprise. It's going to be in three different versions. Yeah. Um, a free ad-supported version, a little bit more robust ad-supported version that will be free to Comcast and Cox Cable subscribers, and then $5 for everyone else, and then a version offering no ads that is $5 for Comcast uh, and Cox subscribers and $10 for everyone else. So... That's really confusing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just like, just make it whatever, but you know, just so basically they're saying if you have one of their cable channels, you're yeah. going to get this thing for dirt cheap. Yeah. Otherwise you're going to have to sit through a bunch of ads. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm seeing. I mean, just, you know. <laughs> oh, basically. But I mean, they're doing some things right. I mean, look at this. They just signed a multi-year deal with Kevin Hart's Laugh Out Loud Network. Yes. Which includes a whole bunch of stuff, guys. A first look deal with LOL and a distribution distribution deal with lol's catalog on the service so you're going to see a lot of kevin hart stuff on this actual service yeah so what what was that night school was the first lol film right yeah. and so he's got a lot of television projects and we know he was working go watch his documentary guys yeah, you'll Netflix. see that he was working with something with um chadwick boseman yeah. and and like or you at least know, trying yeah <laughs> trying to yeah yeah answer. yeah um so j just a lot of good stuff coming from there i we love kevin hart another one man just come on the show yeah. <laughs> so this entire yeah, industry like, news is like all this awesome news just come on the show exactly. just come on the show um and as if kevin hart wasn't big enough right they've also signed tina fey yeah tina fey is going to executive produce um the first original series for the peacock mm. um it's going to be girls five ava Oh. And it's a comedy about a one-hit wonder girl group from the 90s that reunites to give their pop star dreams one more shot. Oh, goodness. Yeah, they, they're describing it as each girl in the group had dated Justin Timberlake. Oh, yeah, yeah like the, Tina Fey was saying it. She's like, they all dated Justin Timberlake at one point, and yeah. they're all like, you know, kind of – look, if it's Tina Fey, it's going to be hilarious. Yeah, I mean, seriously. you know – and hopefully they can get Justin as a guest star. Right. That would be fantastic That'd if he's, so you know, funny. if he actually, he's a great actor. He's very funny. I mean, just look at any skit he does with Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Um, that would be fantastic to have him guest star oh as, himself. Yeah. as himself. As <laughs> himself. Agreed. Agreed. So. And I mean, they're also bringing in so many people to direct some things. You got Oscar nominated and Emmy winning British director uh, Stephen Fears coming on. He's from The Queen, a very English scandal. Uh, he's set to direct the first two episodes of Peacock's limited series, Dr. Death. Oh. Yeah. Uh, starring Jamie Dorn Dornan, yeah, Dornan and yeah. Alec Baldwin, Fifty Shades him. of Grey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go, and Christian Slater, yeah. Well, now that you know Mr. Robot's uh, yeah. done, so Makes you sense. know, damn, that's a cast, that man. Is. Jamie Dornan, Alec Baldwin, Christian Slater, woo, right. Um, 
and it's based on Wondery's hit podcast of the same name, yeah. Dr. Death. So it explores the twisted mind of a sociopath and the failures of the system designed to protect the most defenseless. Oh, wow. So it sounds crazy. Yeah, right. Which, I mean, you couldn't have gotten a better cast. No. I, <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I don't mean that in any negative way towards them. I'm just saying they've all successfully played some crazy-ass people. Yeah. So that would be pretty good yeah seriously seriously and i mean universal pictures has optioned the rights to the 70s tv series kung fu which will develop uh into a feature film remake uh john wick and deadpool 2 filmmaker david leach is attached to direct and he recently directed that Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw, which was pretty decent. Yeah, he said. yeah, it was really good, really entertaining, and and yeah, Grasshopper. Yeah, uh, take the stone from my hand, Grasshopper. Yeah. Yes, that kung fu guys, that that's gonna be really interesting. Right. I mean, look, martial arts and kung fu, that, it's making a big comeback. It is. That, Quentin Tarantino, yeah. Kill Bill. I agree. With I that. mean, you just kind of seen a surge since yeah. Kill Bill, right? Seriously. Like, I mean, who kn- who knew? Right. Um. <laughs> so funny amc yeah better call saul getting mm. ready to debut its fifth season has been renewed for a sixth and final season makes sense yep yep uh breaking bad prequel a mm. 13 episode season well, you know you guys know it's a prequel yeah it goes into production later this year and it's going to air in 2021 so you got season five to look forward to and then one more season to air next year yeah i never watched that one but i heard it was really good i mean we had uh, one of our guests guest star on it um Bonnie Bartlett. I yep. mean, uh, William Daniels, uh, M- Mrs. Feeney, basically. <laughs> That's right. She was on this show, and she said it was just phenomenal people to work with. So, I mean, m- might have to check it out, especially if it's going to be like Breaking Bad, where it's going to go over to, like, Netflix or something after it's off the air. So, I mean, definitely binge-worthy, probably. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then they're they're just racking up all kinds of huge talent. Mm-hmm. Emmy-winning actor Courtney B. Vance. He's going to star in AMC's 61st Street. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is a courtroom drama. That's, and here, I mean, talk about talent. That's going to be executive produced. Man, this guy is making a lot of name for himself behind the camera. Yeah. Going to be executive produced by the one and only Michael B. Jordan yeah. and Alana Mayo of Outlier Society. Um, 61st Street has been ordered two seasons it's going to be a television event eight episodes per season Mm. for next year uh and i guess it follows moses johnson who's a black high school athlete who's swept up in the infamously corrupt chicago criminal system oh wow he's yeah he's basically arrested and as a supposed gang member yeah finds himself in all kinds of trouble so this will be interesting it's gonna be like real life right now i feel like because chicago it's got a lot it's got a high crime rate so i mean they call it chirac right so right i mean it's really going to be interesting to see how that hits home and maybe it'll bring more awareness so that maybe we can try to stop some of this stuff well and i think you know michael b jordan's the perfect guy to executive produce this thing you know i mean with with the experience that he went through playing the the lead in fruitvale station knows all about an innocent guy getting you know ramped up by the by the the police and the justice system so just recently just mercy just mercy yeah so this guy's definitely your guy to produce that thing agreed um mm. 
Yeah, man. Oh, uh, this next one. I We've know. talked about this. Here, more bad news for you yeah, with your friends. I know. Amazon has passed on good people. Yeah. Yes, good people. We talked about this on the show a few months back. That was supposed to star Lisa Kudrow. Yeah, man. Oh, what the man. Hell? Yeah. Makes no sense. And I mean, you even got a uh, co-creator Lee Daniels on this one. Yeah, too. and Whitney Cummings, yeah. right, who created Two Broke Girls exactly. and everything. I mean, you would have thought this is perfect, exactly. right? But Amazon has passed on it. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. So sad. It's kind of sad. Yeah, we'll, we'll see if it gets picked up somewhere else. I mean, like Netflix, because they need stuff too, especially <laughs> TV content since they're focusing so much on their freaking movie side of things, their film side of things. So, they are. I mean, even this next one in 2020, they will spend at least, at least, guys, $17.3 billion, that's with a B, dollars in content yeah they've ramped it up even more they spent 15 billion last year and as always they're raising this stuff through through bonds they're selling bonds um but is there some shady stuff going on yeah exactly. you know they're spending all this money they've got all this debt they're trying to pay but they've actually been accused of funneling as much as half a billion dollars of profits um, to avoid paying taxes damn yeah yeah so the uk is is um, accusing them of this in a report from tax watch they estimate that between 327 million and 430 million dollars of profit from outside the u.s mm. was moved to low tax jurisdiction uh places to avoid having to pay the taxes on it um such as the netherlands like oh. they've been funneling money into all these other well, places you know what's so scary about that is the movie pass ceo Used to work at Netflix. Yeah. So, I mean, and we see how much shady stuff he was doing. I mean, so. you know, look, it is the the question is is like, was it illegal? Yeah. We hear. I mean, we're hearing about it on the campaign trail. Right. Every every debate. Yeah. These huge corporations that are not paying any taxes yeah. because of all these loopholes. So if Netflix found a loophole to be able to move some shit to a different place mm. and not have to pay yeah. taxes. I mean, they're not the first people to do it. Yeah. They probably won't be the last people to do it. Exactly. So now you've you've actually seen this, right? You've actually watched The yeah, Witcher already. It, it's really good, man. It really is. It's I was predicting, and it really is this way. It is Netflix's Game of Thrones. Yeah, and apparently so. A lot of people agree with you. Switching to some good news for Netflix. Right. The Witcher says that its series starring Henry Cavill, yes, Superman, Henry Cavill, is on pace to be its biggest first season original ever when you think about that 13 reasons why mm-hmm. stranger things like all these yeah. massive hits that they've had witcher is apparently going to be the biggest one um said to have been watched by 76 million customer households in the first four weeks damn yeah now we don't know because like their taxes they're very shady about yeah, how they get their numbers. their numbers you know they, they still go, yeah. will, i mean week after week we hear about all these other television networks suing netflix yeah. to try to figure out how they exactly. get their numbers but the, nobody can get the numbers nobody. so how they get that 76 million we do not know <laughs> but apparently it is a huge hit for them hell yeah um, and they've already renewed it for season two exactly so i'm excited man i'm excited i mean it's it's a very talked about series so it's well deserved and i mean it's well done just the filmmaking the tone like 
it's beautiful i will say um you need to check it out i'm just saying i'm, I'm definitely there's just to. so much content out there right now that there what it is. is and you brought up film yeah. now they really really because remember before you kind of knock netflix films you're yes. like oh yeah, yeah. It's straight to video kind of stuff but not anymore no. dude they have ramped it up they're competing they had the most oscar nominations this year yeah, netflix did exactly and they're con- gonna continue that apparently they have acquired the rights to the untitled leonard bernstein film oh boy Bradley Cooper is going to direct, star, and produce in it. I mean, come on now. Yeah. Direct, star, and produce. Bradley Cooper. Remember Star is Born, that little one? Oh, yeah. Hugely Huge. successful. <laughs> um, Josh Singer's Pen the Script. It was supposed to go to Paramount, but now it's Netflix's. Yeah. Uh, and apparently the whole thing is going to span the entire 30 years of Bernstein and Felicia Monerod's uh, marriage. Mm-hmm. Um this is the crazy part, yeah, and we were talking about, about this. Crazy ass big producers that they have attached. Yeah, Scorsese, <laughs> Spielberg, Todd Phillips, Christy Makosko, Emma uh, Tillinger, Fred Berner, Amy Durning. Those people, guys, are going to join Cooper in producing this thing. Exactly. What? I know, and I'm surprised, too, because you got Spielberg, Spielberg, who was, and, I mean, kind of Scorsese, but he, yeah, he yeah, yeah. Netflix, but Spielberg made a point to kind of bash Netflix a little bit, so I'm surprised he's still I wonder if thing. he only agreed to sign on because Netflix said they are going to give it a theatrical release, Maybe. like they did um, yeah. The Irishman. Yeah. So... We'll see. Spielberg, man. Yeah, he, he's, exactly. He, he should go into politics. He's a flip-flopper, right? apparently. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Steve, hit us up. We'll get you some McAllisters. That's right. Got a company That's card. That's right. <laughs> Netflix ain't finished, though. No, they're really not. I mean, they have signed the Big Bang Theory co-creator and executive producer, Bill Pratty, to a first-look deal for a scripted series for programming. Yeah, yeah. He's going to develop all kinds of comedies for Netflix mm-hmm. now, so... There you go. I mean, was, you saw how big of a hit that was. So, I mean. Yeah. I mean, the guy knows what he's doing, clearly. Um, so, we're going to keep an eye on that. Will we see a lot of uh, big bangers pop up on Netflix series? Yeah. I mean, That's exactly. the question, right? I mean, it was nowadays friends. So, I it mean, was. let's see if he can take that same dynamic and bring it to Netflix because they definitely need it in a sitcom like function because like friends from college you said was really good really but great they canceled yeah that they one. canceled so it maybe they're just looking for more notable and more acclaimed names to make these type of series I don't maybe know. so and i was a huge fan of big bang so you know my mom and i were actually talking about this the other day because of having uh, jason ritter on the show coming up on the big 100th episode we were talking about his dad yeah you know and uh teenage daughters yeah. you know uh raising teenage daughters and what would have happened with big bang theory had john ritter not died yeah that show i think would have lasted several dozen years or what show there's, are you talking there, about? Yeah, there's no, there would be no Kaylee Cuoco for Big Bang Theory. Oh, really? Because she was the eldest daughter on that show. Oh, wow. So if John Ritter doesn't pass when he passes and that show goes on to have a 10, 11, 12-year yeah. run, is there a different penny? Could you even imagine Big Bang Theory with a different penny? Right, exactly. Like, I, I don't even know. So mm. it's just always kind of what weird. What show was that? Uh, how to raise my teenage daughters oh, wow. and it, then it just became like raising my teenage daughters or something like that but yeah it had um uh what's her married with children's mom there you oh, know yeah, and yeah. and uh kaylee cuoco and and it was awesome it was an epic show john passed they tried to bring in david spade as an uncle yeah. to kind of like you know it, yeah. did, it just didn't work but yeah. i don't know just brought thought brought that up because i was thinking we we had this story about big bang and we have jason coming up and i was just like it's crazy how things work out yeah because like, like i said i just can't imagine big bang without 
Kaylee Cuoco. Right, <laughs> seriously. Just... I mean, Netflix is also getting really big into the anime game. <sighs> like, I mean, they're adding 21 feature films from famed Japanese art house studio Ghibli. Ghibli, Ghibli um, yeah. Beginning February 1st. Uh, the deal has was made... Uh, with the studio distributor partner Wild Bunch International and as a part of Netflix efforts to grow its animated library. Yeah, so that it, it's all about the animation game now, man. Exactly. It, you got you got to get into apparently sitcoms and animation. That's yeah. like where everybody's trying to go right now. Yeah, so it seems like the big hit. So jump and on board, guys. Castlevania. Yeah. Been a huge hit for them. Kind of anime type in its yeah, style and everything. Definitely. So it makes sense that they're going that route. Yeah, exactly. Right? Our one and only guest today, uh, Emily Swallow, was yeah, in that. Yeah, was <laughs> in Castlevania. Yeah. what She's been in a lot. I know. Man. Man. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> I mean, you guys, just wait until you, this interview coming up is epic, man. She's Hell talked about. Yeah. She might even reveal some stuff about Baby Yoda. We don't know. We don't know. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. An old Comcast Sky. Remember they were like fighting Disney for control of Sky because yeah. it was part of fox's deal or whatever well they ended up getting sky yeah so um netflix and sky the now comcast owned british pay tv broadcaster they've signed a new multi-year deal to continue making netflix content available to sky subscribers over in europe yeah um the two companies have worked together for a couple of years now with sky carrying the netflix app um as well as streamers original shows um this relationship will continue that um while allowing Sky customers with their premium TV box, Sky Q will now also be able to sign up for Netflix's basic uh, plan. So yeah. not just the app, but also yeah. through their cable box or whatever. I so. mean, it's all about businessman partnering in different ways, so it makes sense. Yeah, and I mean, we talk about it like so many times with Netflix expanding into the foreign market. Yeah. So making that deal with Sky is critical for them to Definitely. maintain their presence in, in Europe. So good for them. Good for them, and now the the little underdog, right? The little underdog that could. Yeah, and I mean, it's definitely not been as successful as we anticipated, honestly. No? Especially for, in my case, I really thought, like, you can go back to other episodes in here, but I really thought they were like the little monster in the dark with its eyes poking out that they were going to be really successful, but I don't feel like Apple is really given the people what they want. I no. mean, there's only been uh, maybe one or two shows that people want to sign up for apple tv plus and watch so, yeah I mean, yeah i mean maybe the, this next deal will help them a little bit yeah the morning show like like I, I guess fans liked it but it was just horribly attacked by the critics yeah. and i don't think went over nearly as well as apple thought it was going to although it is getting a second season because yeah. the fans did like it yeah, but and i mean yeah. jen got an award for it and i mean yeah. at the sag after us yeah so, yeah I don't I, know, man. <laughs> I don't know. The, the hit and misses, right? I think Michael Eisner said it. He watched like all the series or whatever, and he kind of mm -hmm. gave it a subpar. Like, there's yeah. some good ones, there's some not so good ones, and there's some that you shouldn't watch yeah. at all, kind of a thing. Mm. So, and I trust Eisner. Yeah. So, you know, um, Julia Louis Dreyfus, though, maybe Apple is seeing it and trying to fix it. Yeah. Julia Louis Dreyfus has signed a sweeping multi year deal with Apple, her first ever overall deal with a streaming service. Yeah. Um, under the deal, Obviously, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus is going to develop new projects exclusively for Apple TV+. Plus, nice. And she's going to executive produce and star in several of those series, Very it nice. would look like. Um, I mean, come on, Veep. 
damn near everything she's been involved with. She's like Tina Fey. Everything yeah. she's been involved with has been hugely successful. Yeah. I feel like maybe this is Apple going, ooh, maybe we need to tweak here yeah, or there. Like, Who's a good one? Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, and here's another one that's, you know, pretty good for fixing things. Although this is a reboot, so yeah. I'm not real sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, your guy, you, you're constantly trying to get him to McAllister's and he just won't come. I, I don't know. know. I don't get it. Amazing Stories is coming to Apple TV Plus yes. on March 6th. Now, this is a reimagining. That's code word for reboot. Yeah. Of uh, Steven Spielberg's 1980s anthology series from the same name, Amazing Stories. Um, so th- this is interesting because, you know, we t- another former guest, Roger Christensen, you know, uh, Oscar winner and production designer for Star Wars and everything. He talks about how Industrial Light and Magic and everything – some of their first technology that they used, mm-hmm. we remember the the stained glass guy was on Amazing Stories. Yeah. It was used for an episode on Amazing Stories. And so they go back and they talk about that. So there was some groundbreaking stuff on that series. Yeah. But I feel like it only kind of was subpar of a hit yeah. on NBC back in the day. And so I don't know what the reimagining will do. Yeah. Um, See what will happen, man. I mean, they're also dabbling in the documentary series. Uh, they just give or the documentary series game, they just give given a uh, green light to Dear Blank, a new bi- biographical documentary series inspired by its uh, Dear Apple spots. I mean, Emmy from Emmy and Peabody Award winner R.J. Cutler, it's going to be like about iconic figures, so it's going to be like Dear Martin Luther King, Dear right. uh, Malcolm X, like right. things like that. And they've so got some biggies to come out of the gate with Dear Oprah Winfrey, Dear yes. Gloria Steinem, Dear Spike Lee, yeah. Lynn Manuel Miranda, Stevie Wonder, Misty Copeland, and Big Bird. Big Bird. What? So, yeah, this will be an interesting one. I, I'm really curious to see this one. Yeah. I always like these kind of profile documentary type yeah. things Agreed. on people because you get to hear the real story, yeah. you know, about how they got where they got and exactly. where they came from. So. Exactly. Even the Beastie Boys. Even the Beastie Boys. I'm super excited about this one. They've also acquired the Beastie Boys story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Spike Jones is going to direct it, and um, Annie penned it also. Um, and it's going to be about the rap group's founding members, Mike Diamond and Adam Horowitz. Nice. Um, a special cut of the film will open exclusively in IMAX theaters in April, and then it'll drop on Apple TV uh, April 24th. Yeah. So, dude. I was a huge Beastie Boys fan. Yeah. Uh, I was around for the Beastie Boys. Um, So, you know, uh, they were hardcore that group that when people found out they were white, they're like, no fucking way. They are what? 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 No way. What? But, I mean, they were hardcore, bro. I mean, License to Ill was huge. Huge. So, I mean, you got so many people that are inspired by him now. Yeah. Freaking, I feel like Grandson is, Eminem is, so many people that do that rap rock type beats absolutely i mean they're iconic absolutely man i I mean when you think back to the time that they were dominating it was them and run dmc bro i mean just think of like you just said all the acts that spawned from those two groups is is incredible it's absolutely incredible agreed agreed i am not happy about this next one i know you're not (laughs) i'm not because i was a huge fan and i the only part i'm happy about this is that it's being shopped around facebook Apparently, they've decided they don't want to do TV shows. Yeah. So they're they're moving completely away from scripted original shows. Wowzers. And that means they've opted to not renew their original series, Sorry for Your Loss. Mm. That's the one who stars Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah. And um, Jessica Biel's Lime Time, which oh. was based on the podcast, remember? And sure. apparently it was pretty popular. Yeah. Um, 
Neither is being brought back. However, like I said, there is some good news. Apparently, the creators behind Sorry for Your Loss with Elizabeth Olsen are trying to shop it around to yeah. other networks. Um, Disney. Right. Disney Plus. <laughs> exactly. Uh, doubtful because it's kind of deep and dark and yeah. talking about a guy that Hulu. we don't know right. if he committed suicide or not or whatever and drugs and kind of stuff. But you're exactly Hulu. I just somebody picked this up because it's a brilliant show. It's got yeah. brilliant writing. It's it's a phenomenal cast. Yeah. I mean the the Get Down. Yeah. Got the guy from the Get Down and Elizabeth Olsen and um and I can't think of her name off the top of my head from Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Um, just so many great people in this film. I, I mean just. It's so it crazy, up. man. I mean, maybe they had more success in like the re reality TV realm with their uh, unscripted series. I mean, not a lot of people know that there are original series on Facebook. See, and that's, <laughs> that's what I think. Thing, yeah, I, like. I think the problem was marketing. Yeah. Because not only are they on there, they're free. Yeah. You can literally exactly. go on to Facebook and watch these amazing exactly. series for free, guys. You don't even have to pay for them. They did say that they have several scripted that were in the pipeline already, and those will air as planned. Yeah. I would guess only for one for season. season yeah. But, um,. And that, yeah, and then the word is, is that they're just getting completely out of the scripted business altogether, so. Yeah. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Well, I mean, other crazy shit. We talk about the entertainment mecca of the world, Los Angeles, which is amazing place, amazing place. Uh, but it's down from film and television productions. It is. Like yeah, I mean, and, and a lot. 5.8% yeah. from 2018. Um, and look, we can attest to this. Just used to be, you know, you couldn't go to a street corner and not see something filming. Exactly. But the entire time we've been there, like, you, what, maybe two, three mm -hmm. that we've actually seen streets closed off and yeah. something filming? There hasn't been a lot of, like, stuff that you would normally see. It's up in San Francisco or it's over in New Mexico. We should mention we left that off in Netflix. But a lot of it's going east yeah. to New Mexico. $150 million in production Netflix spent in New Mexico last year. Yeah. So uh, it's bad news. Um, shooting days were off by 15.1% mm. in uh, L.A. last year. Commercials down by 12.3%. Overall TV down by 6.6%. The only thing that they said they saw a little bit of an uptick in was TV comedies that are being shot in L.A. They were actually up 15.1% last year. Um but all the other categories in TV were down. Yeah. Drama's down by 2.7. Reality, 12.5. And here's the really sad thing. They are not shooting pilots in L.A. Wow. They're going to Atlanta, Vancouver, yeah. wherever, but down 27.4%. Yeah. So if you want to get your pilot made, it's not in L.A. No. Apparently. Seriously. I mean, that's, that's just crazy. Yeah, man. And they have a great tax incentive. Exactly. That's the crazy thing. So what – you know, you got to look into it, but what are these tax incentives that New Mexico and Georgia – Georgia yeah. and Vancouver are offering have, yeah. that they're drawing away because I looked at the LA tax incentive and it's pretty fucking good. Exactly. So these other ones must be epic. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's it is. Crazy. But all right, guys, it's time for our interview segment. We got the one oh. with Emily Swallow coming on from The Mandalorian. This is, is the way. This is the way. She is the armorer, and she was also on Supernatural. Yes, Amara the Darkness. Yeah. Oh, here she is calling in. Emily Swallow, welcome inside the Crazy Ant Farm. How are you today? Hello. I'm 
doing great, thank you. Awesome. We can't tell you how excited we are to talk to you. One, because you're just fantastic and, and we're huge fans. Two, you're on the biggest show in the universe right now yeah, with, the Mandalor- <laughs> I mean, with the Mandalorian. Um, oh, that old thing. Yeah, you know that little thing. As if that wasn't big enough, we're huge Supernatural fans and yeah. we've got a ton of Supernatural, awesome. you know, proud members of the Supernatural family, so you know. I love it. Well, what we like to do real quick is just kind of give a brief introduction of you to the listeners and everything, so I, I definitely am intrigued by this and I think they will too. How do you go into acting and the career that you went into out of Middle Eastern studies? <laughs> How, how did that well, transition I mean, happen? Isn't the answer obvious? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, you know, I, uh, I grew up performing and I loved singing and I loved acting, but I also loved a lot of other things. And I also just didn't have anyone in my like direct orbit who, uh, who had gone into a career in acting. So it sort of just didn't even strike me as a possibility. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I did love was uh, political science and foreign relations, and so I thought uh, I would go into a career in the foreign service, and um, specifically the Middle East. So that was my major um, in my undergrad at UVA, but I am very fortunate because the drama department at UVA does not require you to be a drama major to get to work on the productions there. So my time in undergrad was pretty evenly split between like my major and all of the academic classes, and then just doing as many plays as I could at the drama department and falling more and more in love with it. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah, and I, I had one particular acting teacher who finally said to me, like, is this something that you want, that you think you might want to pursue professionally? And it just took him asking me that, and I finally finally sort of admitted it. I said, yeah, I, I think I do want to give it a shot. So he helped me work on auditions for uh, conservatory programs. And I auditioned for and got into NYU's grad acting program and the rest uh, continues to unfold. <laughs> and there <laughs> you go. Okay. Yeah. How, how'd the family react? You're like, hey, I'm going to kind of set aside this uh, career where I can make a living and I'm going to go to this career with nothing but rejection. Mm-hmm. How, how, how'd that go over? Well, I mean, I personally, I think that I had a pretty great strategy because I went from saying, hey, mom and dad, I'm going to go work in an embassy in Jordan or something. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's good point. That's a good point. point. New York and try to be an actor. Good point. Good point. <laughs> I'm sure they they were much happier with the safer route. That that's that's excellent. That's yes, absolutely definitely. true. I mean, they've always been incredibly supportive. So I've been so so blessed in that regard because it it definitely helps to have family support when you're dealing with rejection oh, all over the place. Definitely, definitely. And so did did you get started in theater? Is that how it, it all started? Yeah. Kind of made the move into film and television from there? Yeah. Um, and you know, honestly, like when I first started, I was like, why would I ever want to do anything but theater? Because I loved it so much. Um, and I do, I mean, there are things about theater that are just not possible to replicate in film and TV that I love about the process. I love that you're in a room with the same actors and the same directors working on the same text for an extended period. And there's nuances and subtleties that you find that you just never really have time to find in the same way with film and TV. Um, and I love the audience, you know, that you're performing in front of an audience every night and they're part of the experience. So there's parts of it uh, in that way that I would never want to stop doing theater, but I definitely don't do as much as I used to. Right, right. Yeah, I heard in another interview that you said you uh, you want to make sure you do one or two every year just to keep it in your blood type stuff. Yeah, 
yeah, I feel like that's really where I get a chance to stretch and to grow. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, I do try to do one or two a year. You also worked on stage with the one and only Tom Hanks. Oh my what gosh, yes, that I like? did. What was that, that like? <laughs> that guy, that guy, like the nicest guy in Hollywood, right? That's his like tag, his exactly. moniker, right? Yeah, I mean, he's he's obviously very nice, and um, one of the the coolest things that I took away from working with him was just seeing how I mean he works incredibly hard but there is no sense of worry about it and mm-hmm. he was playing this character that was really challenging because he's you know he's wearing a fat suit and he's dealing with all this Shakespearean text and right. Right. you never have enough time when you're rehearsing theater um, and you never got the sense that he was like coasting along or not putting in the work you knew he was working really hard but he never had any sense of worry and it just set the tone for everybody in a way that I think helped the process so much because there wasn't this need i think sometimes when we're we're feeling challenged by a role there's this need to like show like how difficult this is and how i'm grappling with this mm-hmm. and i just need you guys to know that i'm working really hard and he was just so relaxed about it um and willing to you know make big mistakes and trying to find who this character was and that opened up that opportunity for everybody in the room to not worry so much about like looking good or like making the right choices and Absolutely. i think that that made the whole show better that's awesome. That's awesome. You have definitely been fortunate enough to get onto some huge shows. I mean, and, and not just huge shows, but shows that have like these massive followings. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I, I mean, yeah. 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 That's really cool. I mean, th- we we mentioned the Mandalorian and Supernatural, but also Seal Team, uh, the Mentalist, Castlevania. All of these things like have huge fan followings, which is just crazy. What's that like? I mean, d- d- and do you find yourself like when you're walking on the street, there's certain people that recognize you from certain shows like like what's that like it's awesome (laughs) because i mean first and foremost like the thing one of the things that i said i love about theater which is having that interaction with the audience when you get to meet the fans like that's your audience Mm -hmm. and so i love hearing what stands out to people about like different episodes of supernatural or different aspects of the mandalorian and i'm always intrigued by the overlap that happens between different fan bases you know who likes one show and also loves another show right um but it's it's been such a rewarding thing to get to do like conventions and Mm -hmm. to get to know fans more and more because they just have such passion for these shows and and uh and such love for the characters and love for the stories and it it feels really good to know like what what resonates with them and what they still hope for and what it is that they take away from it um and in terms of getting recognized, it happens occasionally. Not that much. I definitely don't think I'm ever going to be getting recognized for the armorer. <laughs> <laughs> you better not, because you're not allowed to take off that helmet, you know. Right. Like. I know, right? <laughs> that's, that's so funny. Um, but yeah, it does. It happens. Uh, it happens overseas a lot. I feel mm-hmm. like it, it happens like when I'm traveling overseas, um, or you know, somebody on an airplane. So you definitely always want to make sure that you're you're on your best behavior, so that nobody catches you like being cranky with a flight attendant oh yeah right right (laughs) that's hilarious but let's jump into it the mandalorian uh was this i mean it's disney obviously and we've had some other marvel guests on the show and they said the audition process was really hush hush secretive was it the same way with the star wars crowd was it very secretive like did you know what you were auditioning for when you went in Um, i had a vague idea of what it might be my agent said we think this is something to do with star wars 
but it was very, very secretive. And mm-hmm. at this point, you know, I've, I've gone in for plenty of things that have like fake scenes mm-hmm. and right. fake names in the side. So you kind of just say, okay, I'm going <laughs> to treat this as I would any other audition and kind of like make the connections right. that I think I can make and not worry about the rest. And I'm really glad for that because with The Mandalorian, um, I mean, I had no idea how big it would be. Mm-hmm. And... I'm glad because I think it would have been a lot more stressful. But but I did go in knowing that this character was like the leader of, of these people that mm-hmm. were in hiding and kind of like a spiritual guide in a sense and somebody who had this um, calm, quiet authority. And my audition scene was pretty similar to that scene in the third episode where uh, she's kind of bringing down the hammer in a very yeah. polite yeah. way with the, with the Mandalorians <laughs> that are getting cornering trying to fight with each other yeah, yeah. that's great I, I liken it to i call you mama mando that's right <laughs> yeah. seriously the one scene in the in the last episode where you just you're you telling them no no go and you start whooping ass on all the people yeah, coming that in <laughs> that was epic yeah that was definitely like you know um what, what what's it like were you excited about the fact when you found out that it was going to be a lot of physical stuff because your face wasn't going to be seen like i mean because i gotta i gotta imagine that kind of plays a difference in the way you approach it if you know it's more physical than actually showing face emotion, right? Yeah, well, I knew when I auditioned that uh, my face wouldn't be seen, um, but I didn't know exactly what the mask and what all of that were going to look like, and I really enjoyed the challenge, and we... Because I was in the first episode and we were we were block shooting the first and third episodes at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dave Filoni and Deborah Chow, who were directing those, um, we were really working together, all of us that were in masks, um, and working with them to try to figure out like what to find the language of these characters and to find how each movement would be communicated because since you can't see our faces, uh, you quickly realize that every move that you make tells some sort of story. Right, so you right. have to decide, is that the story I want to be telling, or is that distracting from the story? And, right. And it was a really, it was a pretty cool challenge, because I've never gotten to do anything like that in television. So I enjoyed it. I liked not uh, not having access to my normal facial expressions, or, <laughs> you know, getting to, like, raise an eyebrow, or give a little wink or something. Right. It's kind of cool. It's a new challenge, I mean. Yeah. Uh, I heard that you and Pedro actually go back a little bit ways. Yeah, we know each other from the New York theater scene um, and then we got to work together on The Mentalist totally randomly so it was awesome to get to, to work with him on this yeah, and he he just seems like a really nice and humble guy, especially for that experience. I saw him at a convention, and he was just like, what? I get to be the Mandalorian? <laughs> oh, he's such a good guy, yeah. That's well, awesome. And, and, I mean, like you said, like everyone that was involved, it was just such a, uh, obviously a very talented group of people, mm-hmm. but also just so humble and so generous and open-hearted, and it was a great group to be with. Yeah, seriously. How was it? How was Baby Yoda? What was that like on set? <laughs> Um, the puppet is ridiculously cute. Yeah. yeah. You have to keep telling yourself, it's not real, it's not real, it's not real, <laughs> but it looks real. It's yeah. so cute. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and is there some point, I'm getting, I'm hoping maybe that the armor comes across, I mean, because it definitely seems like Mando's not getting rid of it. Yeah. it it's it's, uh, it's going to be around, so you never know, right? Yeah, Mando's not getting rid of him whether he wants to or not. No. <laughs> Too. I loved in that uh, in that last episode when he's like, "Wait a minute, you want me to watch after this?" Da da da. You know, he's like basically 
I, I don't know if I can do this. Right. And she just says, this is the way. This is exactly. the way. Exactly. This is the way. And by the way, kudos on the hashtag because you are just like champ at, at using the this is the way hashtag. It's fantastic. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Um, we think, and, and I'm sure it, it's one of the reasons that it's been such a massive success, that, that it has been a phenomenon, really. Um, Favreau. John Favreau's writing, I just think it's absolutely brilliant oh, how he's made this incredible. space western. And, and what's it like... Working with him and being involved in that because I've been a longtime fan of Favreau as well. I just think he's genius. And what's that like? He's genius and he is just so completely open and curious and does not doesn't need to to doesn't need anybody else to like think that he's super important. He's just there to like get his hands dirty. Mm-hmm. To bringing people together, I mean, he's such an incredible team leader, and I think he's so great at um, establishing a spirit of, of collaboration and of um, playfulness and, and making sure that everyone's on the same page and everyone's playing in the same world. And, and one of the things that I heard that I really saw come across was that he, you know, he'd hired these directors who all have very different styles and right. encouraged them to to direct their episodes using their own styles, but also they all talked and they all, um, you know, shared ideas and they all communicated about like, what is this uh, overall arc of this season? And what is the main thrust of the story that we want to be communicating? And, and I think that he's just so great at listening to people and encouraging, um, encouraging these ideas to come out and he, like you said, he's so smart, and he has so many great ideas, and uh, seems to have completely endless energy. I mean, I remember right. <laughs> I was doing uh, some looping for one of my episodes, so I was in a sound booth in New York, I think, and Dave Filoni was on the line, and John was in and out because he was also doing, like, final edits on The Lion King or something. Right, right. (laughs) You know, jumping back and forth between these two huge projects, but, like, totally there, totally with it. Um, He's just such a great, great person to have at the helm for something like this, and you totally trust him. You feel, I mean, I I feel like I knew while we were making it that it was going to be incredible, that Mm -hmm. it would be um, of this really high artistic standard. I had no idea, like, the kind of fervor that it would create, but I knew that we were making something that was going to be really good. Definitely. And I think the passion, because he's, he's a fan. You know, first and foremost, yeah. he's a fan going in. So he has this passion for the project already from a fan standpoint. Exactly. I, I, that's got to play into him making it, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And even just, you know, the, the heart of those stories and the hero's quest and all the, the Joseph Campbell stuff that George Lucas used when he was first creating those first stories. John loves that aspect of the storytelling, too, and you feel that. and. And I think that's also, like, his passion is part of the reason that the heart of the series is so strong, because everyone that was working on it just loved it. I mean, you could feel there was this, like, giddiness in the air. Right. um, I think with every single person, because we knew that we were creating another part of this story that's been going on for, like, 40 years now. Yeah. And, I mean, speaking of George Lucas, did the man himself ever come on set? He did. He came. Uh, I think it was for John's birthday. Oh, nice. One day. And I remember I didn't even know he was there. And I was just like walking from our sound stage across the other one. And he's standing there holding court, um, <laughs> you know, telling stories to people. And I just can't imagine what it must be like to to recognize, to, to, to come to this point from like struggling to get those first movies made. Right. Um, and, you know, just trying to like do what he could with 
not many people believing it was going to be any good and mm-hmm. no one wanting to give him money to now like having all this incredible technology and right. having all these people who want to be involved with it. Very cool. Yeah, it's so funny that you brought that up because uh, one of our past guests uh, was uh, Oscar winner Roger Christensen, a production designer for the original Star Wars films. And he talks oh, wow. about that war that Lucas had to get it made and the struggle uh-huh. that it was with these five guys in a room that nobody wanted, you know, try. it was crazy. So uh, it's awesome that you brought it up. Um, one of the things that, that we really think that you do really well with the armor, and I think it really, same thing with Supernatural, because I want to talk about Supernatural too, is that you make these characters likable, even though they might not necessarily be good people, or they might not necessarily, they have a, a agenda. You make them like, I mean, let's talk about Amara, Supernatural, okay, darkness, right? She's just totally not good, not good, yet somehow you find yourself rooting for her. You're like, she just wants love, she just wants to be with Dean like you you. (laughs) and I think honestly I think that's sort of written into it and that was the that was the thing that I had to connect to because you know I always had to find the point of connection between me and a character and this was the first time I was faced with playing someone who basically like had superpowers and is this this uh, you know, somewhat omniscient being, and I certainly can't relate to any of that, but I could relate to the part of her that was wounded and felt misunderstood, and I mean, I think you said it exactly right, like, ultimately, she was acting out in all these ways, because she wanted, she wanted her brother, she wanted her family, and yep. she wanted love, and, uh, and people just weren't, you know, she comes into the world with the name The Darkness, so that's not really a good, <laughs> good place to start to get people to like you. Right. She definitely acted on her uh, frustration in some ways that uh, were not super conducive to friends making, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> but she found her way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was brilliant the way you pulled off the character. Like I said, the entire run, I was just rooting for you, and I was hoping Dean would just go for it, you know? <laughs> oh, thanks. Oh, man. So what was that like? That that, that show, I can, finally going off the air after all these years, you know, bringing it to an end. Again, the Supernatural family and just like this this huge phenomena that it was. Wh- what are the guys like? I mean, are they are they genuine? They just seem to be Sam and Dean, like these just two genuinely good guys who care about each other, have this thing going. What's that like? What are Jensen and Jared like? Yeah, they really are. They're genuinely good guys. They're so welcoming. I mean, you never know when you're coming into a long running show what kind of atmosphere it's going to be. If people are going to be tired, or if they're going to be like, you know, we got this. Like, just fall into line and do what we do. And mm-hmm. And when I went into the show, I just felt like they were so excited to have somebody new to play with, and they were interested in my ideas, and they they understand. Um, I feel like they have tremendous gratitude and appreciation for the position that they're in, mm-hmm. and that they've had the opportunity to be the center of this incredibly successful show. They don't take that for granted, and they work really hard, and they make sure that the people around them are happy and are taken care of. I mean, it, the crew is all so positive and and so enthusiastic about working on the show and so the whole atmosphere is really positive and i that's so commendable to me for a show that's been on for now 15 seasons yeah absolutely that kind of atmosphere is it it doesn't come easily it it, you know you have to make a decision to be positive and to deal with all of the frustrations and the long days and just to be be positive about all that well, and you clearly fit right in. Just hearing you earlier in the interview talking about the fans and the, and the joy you have going to the conventions. I mean, you fit right into the Supernatural family. So Thank you. 
Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love being a part of it. Well, and the chemistry between you and Jensen was just fantastic. I mean, you know. Well, I mean, come on. The chemistry between him and, like, a broomstick. Which <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. I, I tell you what, I think that there's a reason that you've been with all of these incredibly nice people. It's because you're an incredibly nice person yourself. You seem to, you, you just seem to, to fit in. Your body of work is extraordinary. Like I said, I've been a huge fan forever. How to Get Away with Murder, the SEAL team, just everything you've been on has been phenomenal. And, and I, I just... I just feel like one of the things that we really enjoy the most is how personable you are towards the fans. Yeah. I think that goes a long way with people in this industry having a long career. Um, it, you know, is is you seem so humble and and so appreciative of being able to be involved with all of these projects that have these huge fan bases. And I just think that's a wonderful thing. And, and I, g- I think it goes a long way with the success that you've had. Well, thank you. I mean, I I don't take any of it for granted, and especially with the fans. I I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing without them being enthusiastic mm-hmm. about it. So <laughs> I am absolutely grateful to them, and and it's it's fun to get to to get to know people. I mean, you can't really get to know people online that well, but it's fun to get to interact and um, and know who the people are that are watching the stories you're making. Absolutely. So what do you got coming up? I'm hoping we're seeing a whole lot more of you in Mandalorian Season 2. Well, I can't say anything about that, but I hope so, too. <laughs> yeah, you know. You that know. lockdown hush, from hush, Disney. Yeah. Yeah. Hush, 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 hush. yeah, I heard you say you felt like there was, like, drones watching over you That's on right. the set. Oh, my sure gosh, yeah. You wouldn't say anything. I like, take pictures. take so many pictures, and I was like, I'm, I'm going to get fired if I do anything. <laughs> That's right. Because also, when I was shooting, was uh, right around the time that some pictures had been leaked of I think stormtroopers or yeah, something. So yeah. we were on total lockdown. Like we, between my dressing room and the set, I had to wear, um, I called them our, our cloaks of invisibility. There were these black wow. cloaks with yeah. hoods and we had to completely cover up our costumes anytime wow. we were walking around the lot. Mm-hmm. That but I mean, is... they, I, I'm glad that they were able to keep so much under wraps. Oh yeah. It made it so much more fun when it all got revealed. Definitely. And you know, we're not going to, we're not going to force you to say anything because nobody wants to see you, you know, force choked by baby Yoda. That would yeah, be bad. seriously. <laughs> No, thank you. no, no, that handle come up and be like, you're not talking. That's like crazy. <laughs> not a good way to go. No, not it's a good way good. to go. Listen, we, I, like I said, we just could not be more happy that you joined us today and hoping to see, a, we know you can't say, but we're hoping to see a whole lot more of you in Mandalorian <laughs> Season 2 and, and just everywhere. I, I mean, continued success. I, I, I just think, you know, we, we can't wait to see you everywhere. And, 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 you. and really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to talk to us today. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was such a pleasure. You guys are great. Oh, well, thank you. And thank where you. can everybody find you? Tell everybody where to follow you on social media. Um, my Twitter and my Instagram handles are Biggie Swalls, which is B-I-G-E-S-W-A-L-L-Z. Yes. And uh, that, that's, I think, the main place to track me down. And I have a, a fan page on Facebook that I try to keep up with. Sometimes the technology gets the better of me and <laughs> yeah. I have yeah. no idea what I'm doing. But no doubt. I try. Understand, understand. And one last thing before we let you go. At the end of every interview, we like, because this show is all about uh, giving advice to up-and-comers trying to break into the industry. So what advice would you give to any up-and-coming actor, producer, writer, anything like that trying to break into the industry? And what pitfalls would you say to try to avoid? Oh, boy. Um, I think that maintaining a spirit of curiosity is really important so that things that feel like rejections 
uh, don't have to be rejections. Mm-hmm. They're just another step in the in the process. And and I I also say that specifically for actors because we audition so much and so we get rejected a lot. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Or you can kind of be curious about like, okay, I wonder how this one, even though I didn't get this job, I wonder how it's going to fit into the next thing or you know the the greater trajectory. I think that that's so important and kind of helps you uh, avoid getting disheartened by that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I think one of the biggest pitfalls is just taking a look at anyone else's career and comparing yourself to them because mm. you could do that to the, the moon and back and never run out of people that you compare yourself to and mm. always come on, up short and it's just a losing battle. So I think the more you can avoid thinking that you have to measure yourself against anyone else, the better. Oh, great advice. Yeah, yeah solid advice. I mean, that's the perfect way to end it. Um, listen, open invite anytime you want to come back. You are more than welcome. We would love to have you on again. Uh, you've just been absolutely wonderful, a gem for sure. Well, thank you. Thank you. And listen, we'll let you go because we know you're busy and get back on to the, re- the rest of what you got to do and everything. And again, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you guys so much. It was really great to talk to you. Awesome. Have a good one now. You too. Bye-bye. Well, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about IMDb Pro top streaming or top trending segments all the time, and she's up there. Yeah, she's she... freaking on top of the world right now, and and deservedly so. Yeah. I mean, just just this interview, you can see just how humble and appreciative and nice she really is. Yeah, and I feel like that's the kind of people that good stuff comes to. Definitely, and 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 she's amazingly talented. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Thank you again, Emily Swallow, for coming on the show. All right, now it is time for our top five segment. Oh man, I'm surprised that you didn't put one of these on yours since you are an older fellow. Yeah, but um, you know, you know. It is what it is. But our top five this week is top five favorite late night talk show hosts. Yes. And man, I mean, there's a lot of relevant and new ones, but I, myself, the young kid, um, went for an older one. You did. You did. But I just... Uh, go ahead. I, I'm shocked <laughs> that you put that one on the list. I was really, really young. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying I was really young. So <laughs> while I respect and admire, and he's like the godfather of all these other ones on yeah. our list. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like there were some through my youth that I just really felt like had to yeah. be on there. Yeah. So. Definitely. Definitely. Well, number five, I got Seth Meyers. I love everything he does, and I loved everything he did on SNL. And so, I mean, it's only right to put him on the oh, list. Oh, dude, he's so funny. Yeah. Me and Lil Cam watched his stand-up the other night. Yeah, I haven't I watched that one yet. I was just dying laughing. Yeah. It is so funny. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Number four, here he is, the legend himself, Johnny Carson. Yes! I've watched a <laughs> lot of his stuff on YouTube. I mean, he, with the Ellen, Roseanne, just a whole bunch of different people who came on his show. If you got gestured over to come sit down, that's how you know you were somebody. That's right, that's <laughs> right. If you were a stand-up comedian and he told you to sit on the couch yeah, you had made it exactly. that meant you were moving on to big things <laughs> exactly and on the on the flip side of that if you did not you probably weren't gonna make it exactly. so, I mean, yeah. carson basically made you Hell if you yeah. were a stand-up comedian Hell back yeah. in those days so so good so good uh number three i got james corden yes man. He, this guy the top three are honestly just all phenomenal at everything they do because, I mean, they're just so relevant right now, and it's like literally neck and neck for the late night show. Yes. I mean, these guys are watched by so many people, if not on YouTube, on uh, K 
cable programming, so many things. But yeah, James Corden, phenomenal dude. Um, I love his stuff. And number two, I got Jimmy Kimmel, our boy out in L.A. Yes. And I mean... This guy, I love his story. I yeah. love everything about him. I, I mean, the stuff with his son, all that good stuff. Um, Do you remember he started the Man Show? Yeah, Adam Carolla. Exactly. You just think about where he's come from. That <laughs> exactly. like it's it's epic. Exactly. It's an epic rise to. I love all like, the stuff he does with uh, Matt Damon too. Oh, that dude, and Ben hilarious. Affleck. Yeah. yeah, like you know, Matt Damon can never get on the show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we ran out of time. We ran out of. It's like got to be some of the best stuff ever. <laughs> oh my goodness! And number one i got my boy snl jimmy fallon i love jimmy fallon i love his young energy and just ready to go always and the interaction with him and jt justin timberlake is always freaking hilarious and apparently they're like best of friends yeah so, yeah <laughs> it's great uh well agreed and that's why i have him on my list at exactly. number five jimmy fallon i just think he back in the he was cutting you know he, yeah. he was doing some original stuff mm-hmm. and he was like you said he's high energy and the stuff he's got going his rap back and the different things that he's got going on all awesome and then the rest of my list these three guys on my list leading up to number one were all inspired by number one they all credit number one on my list for having them even do what they do makes sense conan o'brien and oh my gosh if you watch conan o'brien on late night uh before seth myers (laughs) um or the conan o'brien show or or any of that you will see old school number one on my list yeah very similar in style very similar in what they do and how they do it jimmy kimmel you already talked about it same thing inspired by my number one and and you could see it you could see it in uh, james corden again inspired by my number one and he's just in my opinion right now probably the best guy on television at this point yeah he's so creative and so rounded of what he does not only in his talk show which by the way he's just killing it with original content on his talk show yeah. but then you've got you know the the online stuff like you said the youtube stuff and he's killing it there and he's he's producing stuff overseas and he's in movies and he's just he's everywhere dude the guy is killing it Hell james yeah. corden yeah um and number one of which Conan O'Brien, Jimmy Kimmel, and James Corden all owe their success to, they say, the one and only David Letterman. Yes. Guys, David Letterman was the epitome of groundbreaking comedy on late night television, okay? As masterful as Carson was, Letterman is dropping televisions off the top of skyscrapers, okay? He's throwing bowling balls down buildings. He's he's smashing watermelons on people. He's walking the street and going over to the deli on the corner, you know, and interviewing the guy there. Um, Just... And his and his top ten lists. You, we have a top five list on our show, completely inspired by the top ten Hell list yeah. of David Letterman. Um, just so many things that he was able to do, groundbreaking. That kind of shifted the dynamic in late night television. Yeah. So, um, Indiana I mean, native. Indiana yeah, native. Yeah. I love that. Started man. off as a weatherman. Exactly. You know, even played Super a weatherman. Crazy. On Mork and Mindy, for Christ's yeah. sake, and then boom, yeah. just boom. And you know who gave it to him? Johnny Carson. Oh, shit. Dave got invited over to the couch. Yeah. And we all know that story. He was supposed to be the successor to Johnny Carson. Kind of all went down bad, but they were tight. And yeah, Johnny Carson brought him to the couch and and launched David Letterman. So, um, and I mean, I'm on. I'm not a fan of Jay Leno. So I wasn't either. I yeah. was pissed David Letterman didn't yeah. get it. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, you know. It's and so I funny. thought David Letterman rightfully so should have been pissed. Yeah. I, I think agree. that was a thankfully, from what I understand, him and Johnny mended things before Johnny passed. Yeah. But 
I mean, it was kind of wrong. Yeah. It was kind of wrong. Agreed. Agreed, man. Uh, anyway, that's my top five. Hell yeah. David Letterman. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> top ten reasons Letterman should have gotten Carson's yeah, show. Exactly. Okay, never mind. Never mind. Exactly. Just... <laughs> <laughs> now it is time for the box office recap, guys. Oh, man. This one, number one, I'm surprised it did as well as it did, honestly, because the first trailer, I was not at all interested, but... The couple after that, I mean, piqued my interest. Uh, Bad Boys for Life, it pulled in $62.5 million. Yeah. I'm surprised. Bad Boys for Life. And apparently the, the, the studio is so happy with it, they've already announced another one. Yeah. That mean, yeah. which, yeah, I mean, I was like, what? Because they both said they kind of didn't want to do it anymore after this one, but apparently there's another one. I so uh, I haven't nice. seen it yet. I would like to know if Gabrielle Union and Jessica Elba make appearances right, because remember they've cameos. got the Bad Boys spinoff TV show yeah. for Spectrum. So were they in it? Uh, I have heard that Vanessa Hutchins plays a badass in it. Oh, shit. So um, there you go with yeah. that. I, I, I don't I, – maybe I'll check it out. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. But I'm happy for Will Smith, though, yeah. and Martin Lawrence. Yeah. So good for them. Good for them. <laughs> um, number two, 1917, Sam Mendez's Oscar contender, 1917. Still need to go to see this one yes. as well. It looks so freaking good, especially from a – filmmaker standpoint uh it pulled in 21.9 million there you um, go number three was doolittle rdj's doolittle almost at number two by just a hundred thousand off uh it pulled in 21.8 million and i don't care what the critics say this one is actually pretty damn good it's a great family comedy it's pretty funny i mean i wasn't expecting it to be funny but it's really funny that's cool because yeah because yeah, the trailer at some point seems pretty dark yeah exactly but good to hear good to hear hell yeah um number four is the one that just keeps on kicking jumanji the next level actually came out before star wars and is ahead of star wars so 9.7 the first one did this the exactly. first jumanji with kevin hart and the rock Has did this legs. it just like lingered forever at the box office exactly. you know and so good for it man hell yeah hell yeah and number five is uh star wars rise of skywalker with 8.3 million so oh is that it oh. it. Did it just add it to its little billion dollar yeah. total yeah okay exactly <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, let's talk about the new movies we got coming out. We got The Turning, which is that new creepy one. With, yeah, with Stranger uh, Things Kid. Yeah, yeah. Finn Wolfland, I mean, and uh, what's her face from New Girl? Like, it looks so freaking good. And then plus we got The Gentleman with Matthew McConaughey. Oh, I'm really excited about that. That one, one looks really good. Really good. I mean, but I'm I, a lot of people are underestimating it, so we'll see how it does. Uh, plus movies you can still go see. You got Jumanji, The Next Level, Frozen 2, Knives Out, Bombshell, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, Like a Boss, 1917, Bad Boys for Life, uh, Doolittle, and Just Mercy. Definitely go see Just Mercy because, man, that one should have been nominated for an Oscar. Should have been nominated. Yeah. Michael B. needs an Oscar. Agreed. And he should have gotten it for this one. one. He, There's yeah, no would, way he's not going to get uh, one. Yeah. Let's hope he's not, you know, the... the this generation's uh, Leo. Yeah, like, where it takes, like, his 18th freaking film to get one because yeah. I feel like every film he's done, he's he should have earned one. Yeah. It, it's just crazy. And uh, did you see where uh, Daniel Craig said he would definitely come back for a Knives Out 2? Oh, shit, really? Yeah, he apparently wants to do a Knives wow. Out too. So, Ryan Johnson? Ryan Johnson. <laughs> Let's it. see. That's Let's hilarious. See. Um, number one, I think, will still be Bad Boys for Life with around 25 to 30 million. Number two, I think, will be Doolittle with around 10 to 15. Number three, I think, will be uh, 1917 with around 10 to 15. 
Number four, I think it's going to be this new horror slash thriller, uh, The Turning, with around five to ten. And number five, I think it's going to be The Gentleman, with around five to ten. So everything is going to be neck and neck this week. Um, but, I mean, well, let's see how stuff turns out, because we got some good content coming out, guys. So make sure you go to your local theater and support those filmmakers, because everybody deserves support, especially people who put in all this time and effort and work into these amazing projects that they hold so dear and near to their heart. Yes, yes, yes. And I mean, speaking of things that we hold near and dear to our heart, IMDb Pro, <laughs> oh my gosh, guys, please get this app, especially if you are a filmmaker or an actor or a writer, anybody who's trying to break into the entertainment industry. This thing is so damn amazing. There's casting calls. You got box office numbers on the daily. What they made daily, you have it right at your fingertips. I mean, think about it, dude. Literally our entire show is is built by IMDb Pro. It is. It's got all the industry news at the at the touch of a finger like you said, box office like you said. Just I mean everything is exactly. on there, man. Exactly. Everything. We it, credit it's... our whole existence to you. <laughs> <laughs> the Bible of the industry. And you know who didn't blink an eye? We got an upcoming interview with the one and only Kevin Weissman from Runaways and JLo brings up, "Let me consult the IMDb Bible." He's like, Not yep. a say, "Yup." <laughs> yup. <laughs> like everybody knows, dude, if you're in this industry you know that's where you go it's exactly. so funny man it is funny it is funny but but my no surprise the top trending movie this week is 1917 this yeah. one it, there's a lot of buzz around town with this one so really need to go see it looks so good um this one the next one by no surprise is the witcher top trending tv show henry cavill man like i'm just saying everybody needs to watch it biggest netflix show ever right now yeah apparently so, 767 billion viewers yeah. like uh, I, those are some netflix numbers i don't know no kidding 76 yeah. million though and it's huge yeah, it's huge seriously seriously and the top trending star is from the witcher that's right uh, anya charlotte yeah yennefer on yeah. on the witcher so yeah. there you go there you go uh the witcher's having a good run right it is it is i'm pretty happy for it because me too dude i'm so happy i really am a huge fan of henry cavill come on the show yeah um and uh you know he he seems to be getting a raw dog deal with superman yeah i don't know what he is he isn't he is he isn't he is he isn't uh so i'm happy for him i'd be like here's the cape i'm gonna be the witcher exactly you know and just move on (laughs) exactly exactly he's a nice guy though so maybe he won't do that but i would i'd have thrown the cape back a while ago but you know yeah hell yeah all right, let's transition into the music side of things. Billboard chart toppers. Yes. Uh, Selena Gomez is killing it right now. Apparently, her new album is really good. I've heard a lot of great things about it on Twitter, so going to have to check it out. Very I mean, therapeutic, yeah, apparently. It's seriously. all about her going through all the shit. Yeah, so. exactly. Apparently, she almost died from her kidney transplant. Yeah. It's like so much different shit that possibly a lot of people can connect to. So yep, yep. be sure to check that out. Uh, top vinyl album sales goes to Fine Line by Harry Styles. Uh, didn't know that was a new album of his, so be sure to check that out. Um, top digital song sales goes to Life is Good by Future featuring Drake. I mean, I know these two collaborated on an album a few years ago, so maybe this is something rekindering and something that might happen again, so we shall see. Uh, we got 
the top radio song goes to Post Malone Circles, which has basically been jumping all over our Billboard chart toppers each and every week. So congratulations to him for keeping that momentum going. Yes. Uh, and the top streaming song and the Hot 100 goes to The Box by Roddy Rich, which is a really good album. It's kind of like R&B and hip-hop. Um Basically, it's very like he lets down his guard and you kind of get into his personal life a little bit and just very emotional. I feel like a lot of people could connect with it just like Selena Gomez's album. So be sure to check that out. And for the top album sales and the artist of the week and the Billboard top 200 albums, it is rare Selena Gomez. So congratulations to her. She is well-deserved because from what I understand, she is a really good person. So kudos to her. Yeah, and, and nice to see a huge comeback on the music side and a phenomenal actress. Yeah. I'm ho- You know, she was just in Doolittle. Yeah. So uh, with, with RDJ, I'm hoping to see a lot more on the acting side too because she really is a phenomenally talented young woman and, and good to see her rebounding from all of the stuff and kind of, you know, getting her stuff together and and being okay Definitely. i'm gonna make a prediction next week okay. eminem. eminem eminem it'll be on yeah. somewhere on this list it's, i think he will be yeah. music to be murdered by guys so he good. and i think the reason he wasn't on it is because he just dropped it just randomly, randomly just yeah. surprisingly dropped it but if you haven't listened to it yet check it out because slim shady's back yeah he, he's got so a lot of angry shit to say and the, the alfred hitchcock references and just it's brilliant if you like eminem you're gonna fucking love this this, this thing Hell check yeah. it out man Hell music yeah. to be murdered by yes yes well anyway guys thank you so much for tuning into this episode episode 98 of inside the crazy two away. farm two, two away, away from our big 100th episode <laughs> and a few days away from doing this for two years guys oh my volume gosh. three is about to come out which is so freaking crazy i can't believe we've been doing it that long i know <laughs> i know it's unreal hell yeah hell but yeah. it's been a blast yeah agreed. it's just agreed learn so much about the industry i mean weeding through a whole bunch of shit like like growing too as a podcast i feel like our quality and our sound and our voice has gotten and grown so much over these past yeah dude years. They, yeah we answered a tweet there was a tweet by a fellow podcaster out there who asked your first episode to your current episode what what have you done differently or what did you change and i'm like we lengthened it and we went unscripted. Yeah. God, that first episode, like thirty minutes, it was all scripted out. Like uh, yeah. it was just like you go back and you're like, now yeah. how did we ever last? Because <laughs> we went crazy. Thirty that, minutes. Th- 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 I mean, think about it. We yeah. went crazy. Unscripted is the way to go. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's definitely <laughs> the way to go. <laughs> Thank you again to our guest Emily Swallow for coming on the show and giving some insight on your career and your life. You are just a phenomenal person. Yes. Everybody, be sure to follow her on Twitter and instagram uh biggie swalls biggie swalls yes yeah, <laughs> that should tell you everything right there look how creative she is with the with the handle i love exactly, it i love it exactly be sure to follow the company ourselves on social media at crazy ant media where you can get all of the crazy ant media gear and uh keep up with the date with the podcast inside the crazy ant farm at crazy ant media on everything and be sure to follow us our personal social media accounts myself at jlo fantastic on all pot are on all platforms and at 
crazy ant guy 1970 that's right that's right and you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast anchor apple podcast spotify google play music iHeartRadio, youtube we're starting to put our episodes and interviews on youtube so be sure to check us out on there and i mean just so many Pinterest. More. we're yeah, pinners we're pinners don't forget we're, we're pinners we're <laughs> everywhere man we're everywhere and be sure to visit our website crazyantmedia.com to get the new and improved bonk on anything and everything that you desire or the vintage bonk whichever or because they're both great they're both phenomenal pieces of art um you can get the company logo you can get just so much stuff dude just so much stuff i mean exactly exactly i mean we definitely got to find a p.o box so we can send um this person a fucking shirt or some (laughs) shit you know oh Oh,